Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the Delsed Bidel. And it's episode 153. 153. Yes. High pitched. Well done. And well done to you, sir. Well done. Well done, us. Marvellous. 153 episodes. <laughs> How are you, Nick? I'm okay. Okay. It's like you you tempered it there. You were about yeah, to go really was... high. Like, yeah, but, no. Yeah, that I did. And I was like, oh, no. oh, it's not that exciting, really. Oh, like... wow. Nice. I turn up and you're like, oh, it, oh, it, was, it was great until that point. <laughs> I was about to sit down with my Lego, have a lovely, jolly evening. You've just finished your Lego? No, I've got a whole other thing to do yet. Oh, have you not finished it? No. Nick is building the Indiana Jones Temple. Temple of Doom Lego. He's going to show a picture on the podcast. uh, This bit to do yet. Oh, is that a whole bit? Yes, with the little thing and the thing. (laughs) This is really good for podcasts. It is. Guys, the thing with the thing. And this thing here. I haven't done. done those things. (laughs) <laughs> I came in and Nick has a whole sculpture on his table. It's like, oh, you're finished. Well done, mate. No, there's a whole other wing. Yeah. A whole exactly. other wing I've to do. I've done about two thirds of an Indiana Jones Lego. And this podcast is getting in the way of it. It is, pretty much. Yes. Well, it's I... disrupting my Legoing. I brought you a whole bottle of fizz. You did. Which we, I think, we have drunk. <laughs> we uh, we have drunk it because there's none left. We did. Well, normally we come in and we get on it. We just like, okay, well, let's get on. We, we had a little glass of wine. We had a little civilized. chat. Very nice. Put the world to rights. Absolutely. Sorted out a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Had an exciting conversation about mortgages. <laughs> yes. And by which sorting out stuff, we mean we've established nothing. Yeah. It yeah. ended up with me going, D- it's going to happen. If not, I'm going to go break down someone's door. Yeah. And I'll take the house for you. And she will as well, which is great. Any poisonings this week? Uh, people who don't sell me their house. I just need to say for our lawyer's benefit that this is not an actual threat. <laughs> so, but there, there, there are some people with nice houses out there who don't deserve nice houses. Yeah. I deserve nice houses. Nick deserves nice things. Yeah, absolutely. Or, uh, houses, just one house, that'll do. <laughs> just, just, a house. Uh, just a singular house. <laughs> Quite nice. <laughs> With a spiral staircase. With a spiral staircase and, and a, a grand piano and a pool <laughs> and a room for all the Lego. And a room that is full of poisonous cabinets. Yeah, absolutely. Just lots and lots of scary cabinets. Oh, it's like a hall of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> don't open that cabinet. <laughs> Sounds great. That's where Sinead lives in that cabinet. It's terrifying. It's just like a Dybbuk box. It's Sinead inside. <laughs> Just wailing. <laughs> it's like, no. The thing is, you'd open the box expecting me to wail to scare the whichever guest you have over. And I'm just in there eating snacks, watching <laughs> Netflix. Like, oh, sorry. Right. It's my, it's my cue. Sorry. Yeah. Hang on. Give me a minute. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> this fizz was a very good idea. Well, you know what? There have been poisonings this week because we keep getting sent from beautiful, beautiful listeners. Real life poisoning yeah. cases that are going on in the news right now. It's all a bit mad. It's all a bit mad. People are poisoning each other for money and love and lust. Yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, it's a bit weird doing really modern stuff. We don't really do that. We delve into it occasionally on PC Morris, on the special tier on Patreon. And over on Patreon, we'll do some more modern episodes. But something that's really bang up to date. You know, if we're still doing this 100 years, <laughs> then we've got some great ones coming up. The <laughs> fact that we can do those episodes <laughs> is not going to be the top of the list of questions that people ask us no. in 100 years 
produce. Okay. Like mostly time travel. How <laughs> did you do it? Or how did you defy the aging how process? Defy the aging process. Yes. <laughs> it's bee pollen. <laughs> Well, speaking of putting questionable things on your face and defying the laws of physics, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, uh, we should indeed. There's been a huge... What's, what's the collective noun for patrons? Uh, I'd like a bosom of patrons. A, a bosom of patrons. Um, a clattering. A clatter... Ooh. A clattering of patrons. A clattering of patrons. A pomp of patrons. A, p- <laughs> a perfume of patrons. Anyway. Anyway. There's loads of you. Thanks. <laughs> so, first of all, we must say thank you to Jessica Prince. To Janet Cohen. To Kinnan Elliott. To Joanne Bagshaw. Uh, to Vicky. And to Christina. Thank you, you delicious, beautiful Patreon subscribers. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. You're very, very sexy. Delightful. You're very delightful. We had fun on Patreon this week. Did we? Oh, was it? we were at the cinema. We were at the cinema. <laughs> I, I forgot then. It was there my was, episode. And there I was forgot. a spot of murder at the there cinema. Was a, there was a spot of axing. And we mentioned some films that people have come back and said, oh, you should really know about that film. Yeah, absolutely. There was a murder in the cinema in the 1930s. It's on Patreon. That episode is there. But we went on a tangent mentioning what films came out that year. I mentioned a film called The Thin Man, which I've never seen, not no, heard of. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's where um, you get Nick and Nora from, who the cocktail classes are named after. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Nick and Nora are who? And well, I, I, I'm assuming they're characters in the film. I don't know. I've not watched the film. Um, oh. <laughs> but this this is apparently where you get the name of that particular style of cocktail glass. Oh, my God. From. They're not, are they glasses in the film? Nick and Nora? Do they no, kill I, th- people? I think they're actually people. I've got my fingers up like that. I don't yeah, know why. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Little finger puppets. <laughs> finger puppets. Hello, I'm hello, Nick and Nora. I'm Nick, I'm Nora. <laughs> that I'm was a whole film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to watch it now, do I? <laughs> no, I don't even know if it's a murder mystery or anything. So that, perhaps this is for this weekend project. <laughs> if you want to know what the anyway. hell we're talking about, then do... If if you haven't already, head over to our Patreon. It is but $5 a month if you are able to contribute to it. It is completely flexible. On there, you have over 130 extra episodes as well as lots of bonus content and videos and chat and live content as well with us with our Belladonna Book Club. So it's a lovely place to be. Ask us if you need any more information on Patreon or if you just want to dip your toe in. That's 280 episodes we've done for this. Yeah, it's a lot. That's mad. It's mental. Mad, that is mad. Anyway, shall we? Well, Nick, are you ready? (laughs) Have you gone for a change of tack there? Mm. (laughs) Come on, I'm a busy woman. Yes, okay. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? You are busy. Or we can drink poison and talk about cocktails. (laughs) Yes, whatever's quickest, apparently. Okay, okay, let's go with the first one. It is my story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. My story, so my pick. And this week's secret ingredient, Nick, is mm. calling card. How very civilised. I have left my calling card yes, for you, sir. Yes, indeed you have. I have been here. <laughs> I wish you to know of it. Yes, and you're still here and you won't bloody leave. No, no, <laughs> I don't understand how calling cards work, clearly. <laughs> I've handed it to you, I'm now staring at you. Yes. Read it. <laughs> But a um, calling card, that very beautiful yeah. Victorian, and actually before that, Georgian, mm. long ago, wrote on bits of slate and then handed it over and went, I was here. Yes. They wrote it on bricks and threw it through windows. <laughs> I was... <laughs> That's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's a very That's different vibe. That's not much like look me up afterwards. This, this is, is more... Not what we're going for. <laughs> well, with a calling card as your ingredient or inspiration, mm. what have you come up with? Well, I, yeah, I've not used it as an ingredient. Aww. That, that, that would be tricksy. It's more of an inspiration. What what does a calling card evoke? Uh, etiquette. Well, exactly, some sort of yes. Times gone by, some lovely times where a gentleman would call. Yes, a gentleman would call to your house. Who would he leave your calling card with? You're obviously far too busy to uh, take, I am, yes. to, to, to answer the door yourself. I've got bricks through windows. To exactly, clean up. you've got stuff to be getting on with. So <laughs> who, who would he, he who would he leave your calling card with? The maid, the housekeeper, the butler. The butler. I thought he's going to leave it. They're going to leave it with the butler. The butler will then come into you on a little, <laughs> nice little silver tray with the, with the calling card going, right. oh, yes, this person called. I'm trying to figure out which part of this very tenuous line actually ends up being the cocktail. And then the butler goes and he goes down to the cellar. He, he goes, he <laughs> then goes downstairs. He's delivered the calling card. He then goes down the stairs. And he sees his mother-in-law. To his pantry. And he sits there and he has what? a butler's tipple. <laughs> 
a butler's tipple. Butler's tipple. <laughs> Is that a good? That's the, what we're having today. <laughs> oh my, it was worth it, Nick. Yeah, it absolutely. was worth it. My... <laughs> I was so convinced it was going to be the silver tray or a no. door handle. <laughs> yes, the butler then turned the door <laughs> and we're having a cocktail. The door! <laughs> oh, the butler's tipple. I'm very excited for I have longed to taste the butler's tipple. No, I'm glad. Right. <laughs> I'm sure the butler would be delighted. Intrigue is in the air. I think it is high time for us to slink into the poisoner's cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Now, hello. We have the butler's the tipple. The butler's tipple. We've snuck into the pantry. We have. Naughty, naughty us. <clears throat> it is a brownish amber. Yes. Variety. It has something floating in it. It does. Uh, the lemon. butler. <laughs> it's a lemon, bit of lemon. Bit of, uh, yes. A lemon twist. My determination to improve my garnishing. I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to chuck a bit of lemon in there. Yeah, how's that going? It's going well. It's better than nothing, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Rude. <laughs> it's nice. It is just lemon peel. <laughs> I espressed the oils over the top. <laughs> and then threw the remnants in there. And then threw there. the trash into your drink. Well, with that lovely image in mind, it does look very pretty. Also, when we took the picture, which is out on social media this evening, we did design our very own calling card for the picture. We encourage you this weekend as well to to write your own calling cards and little messages back to us. Share them all on social media. <laughs> we'll share them. Put them in stories on Instagram or wherever else you choose to put them. But we'd love to read your own <laughs> calling cards. But for now, the butler's tipple. That's Simon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Ooh, okay. Hello. That, I was not expecting Hello. that. Hello. Oh, there's stuff in there that I know, but now it's all gone out of my head. No. Oh, shit. Oh, that butler's got a past. <laughs> <laughs> a life on the stage, I fear. He's, he's, he's seen some shit. <laughs> Good things or bad things? Oh, a mixture of both. Because I'm feeling this is this is this is lovely and light mm. and fruity and everything, so it's a good past. Ooh. Oh, that's I'm. Oh, oh no, that's Ooh. good. I'm surprised at how much I like that. I am too. Should I be? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I have to guess what's in it. No. Oh, you this do. is so frustrating because I'm not going to say any of the right things. You're not then, in this one. <laughs> no, really familiar taste in here of alcohol. Okay. Right, there's something. It's not. It's not the ancho chili, is it? It's not. No. It's not. But there's something herbally yes. in there. Strager. No. Shit. Benedictine. No. Yellow chartreuse. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> we've we've come to an agreement that after many many months of torture, yellow chartreuse is passable. Green chartreuse will not get by. <laughs> it will not get by. Okay, so yellow chartreuse. There's okay, a bit of yellow chartreuse. Not a huge amount, but there is some yellow chartreuse. No, in there. but there's something else in there. There's something else. There good. is something else herbally some in there. Good stuff in there. The sugar. There is sugar in there. Yeah. Sugar. I think it's sweet. A bit too much sugar. Yeah, I'd for say my, it's a little for my bit. Taste. I think it's gone slightly overboard on the sugar. So that needs to be Something with lemon? Did you have lemon? Just, just, juice? literally, just the oils over the over the top. And then brown something of so the you, brown. So you're missing two things. I'm not going to try. Just tell me. So the base is cognac. Oh, I was going to say cognac. Cognac there, and then we have some Sue's. Yep, the, yes. the, the gentian. Um, okay, bitter. Oh, explain Sue's for those. So Sue's um, uh, gentian, another really herbally liqueur made from many many twigs. Gentian root is the main ingredient <laughs> in Sue's. Almost sort of Campari esque mm. bitterness. It's it's something that you you will see in rural France. The old boys will be sitting there of an evening yeah. with a, with a glass of Sue's. And a big old pipe or something like that. And apologies to listeners because every time we have Sue's, I make Nick explain it like it's the <laughs> first time because it's so rare that we get a well, cocktail. It's, it's not with often Suze. that it comes out, yeah. But when it does, every time yeah. it works. I'm I'm surprised how much how good this is actually. Sue's is so good, but, um, and it is hidden the horror of the yellow chartreuse. I had too much sugar. That's really good. That's, that's good. That's good. Good lord, man. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm I'm impressed, Mr. Butler. Well done, you. Well done. And the butler would know where the good stuff exactly. is. Exactly. The butler knows all about it. He knows where it's at. He is. He is smuggling the stuff away, going, the sewers and the cognac, these are for me. <laughs> it would be funny, actually, if you'd brought out something that was just a monstrosity of everything <laughs> combined from the back of the cupboard that the butler could get his hands on. Butler can get his hands on anything. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> 
he can write the drinks cabinet. Well, Nick, with the butler's tipple mm. firmly in hand, yes, which yes. still sounds a bit dodgy, but still. <laughs> Are you ready for a story, Nick? Ooh, yes. You know the trouble with women, Nick? Can't be trusted. Can't open doors. Nope, they can't open doors. They just run around in circles. They're just they're just silly little things, there aren't they? they? Are. That they are. They're just silly things, and they have their wily ways mm. that they try to wield their feminine walls and their hair and their dresses. And thank <laughs> God I was never a woman. <laughs> While many women in this show have turned out either to be like sort of faint ingenues, fainting on couches and mm. being taken advantage of, or using their talents for murderous intent. And mainly the murderous intent one, I feel. M- mainly they mainly turn up murder and murderous intent. with an axe or a yeah. bottle of arsenic. Yeah. Today we are going to tell the tale of a woman with a head for numbers and a stomach for the long con. Carol Vorderman! She was not, as far as I know, a master criminal. <laughs> Won't put it faster. Today is the tale of Cassie Chadwick. You, you say, like, I should know who that is. Oh, for she has many names, uh, Nick. Oh, okay. I might know one of those. And that's not even her real name. Okay. But she will go down in history in America as pulling off possibly the greatest con of all time. Oh. The most audacious, certainly. This sounds fancy. So Cassie Chadwick, as she is known to many, was born on the 10th of October, 1857. But her birth name is Elizabeth Bigley. Bigley, okay. Betsy, she is known as, to her siblings. Now, some people have it Betty. Some people, uh, they make up all sorts of things. It's all interchangeable, really, isn't it, with Elizabeth? It is, very much. But Betsy, Betsy, that's how she's known. She's one of eight children growing up on a farm in Ontario. Not much is known about her (laughs) childhood. Well, a bit, a bit. It was on a farm, primarily farm-based. Farm-based, father worked on the railroads. It was not an opulent life by any stretch of the imagination, but it was not completely poor, poverty-stricken. But Betsy, as she was known by the family, when she is younger, she suffers hearing loss in one ear, and that causes a speech impediment, apparently. (laughs) This results in her being teased by her fellow Mm. classmates at school. As a result, she gets very quiet and very insular and results in more teasing. So so it's it's not great. Children are bastards. They are. They are. You can't bloody win. You mm. can't win. She is then known, whether it's because of this hearing loss, which I think there's no indication whether or not this rectifies itself or whether it continues. But the main thing that people comment about her is that she goes into her own, her own world. She goes into these seeming sort of trances of just silence for long periods of time. Nice bit of daydreaming. Not wrong with that. A lot of daydreaming to the point where people think she is just hypnotized. She is completely entranced for hours, for hours at a time. And then when they sort of wake her up, she's bewildered and is like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? So people call her peculiar. Peculiar. Given later on, maybe people are just going, oh, she was always a weird child. Mm, (laughs) Yes. But as Betsy grew older... This daydreaming turned into tales from other people that she was just had a vivid imagination. She was always vividly daydreaming and like coming up with ideas. She didn't really want to be present in her life. She Farm life was not for her. Fair, fair enough. It's not for everyone, I feel. Yeah. She, I wouldn't enjoy it. No. She seems very keen to move away from her family life, wants to get on in the world. She can't wait to get out. Good I don't, for her. Now, there's no reports or evidence of anything happening to her. No, she just wants a, she wants a better life. Maybe. Let's hope it's that yeah, and there's absolutely. nothing else untoward. Now, some girls might sit around waiting for a husband to come huh? by, a man to come and whisk them away. Don't we all? A rich man will take care of all of her problems. No. No. Betsy is going to take matters into her own hands. From her early teens, she's already practising how to write her family members' signatures. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a leap. <laughs> well, where did you think it was going to go? Well, I don't know. Not not to forging signatures. As a pre-teen. I, I'm, yeah, pre-teen. I imagine, yes, she's going to go out there. She's going to forge her own way. She doesn't need a man. She doesn't need a husband, any of that. But to from leap to, I'm going to forge my family signatures. Well, how many women are successful when going out in the 1850s and 1860s? There were a few. <laughs> going, I'm going to make my way. Don't worry about me. Oh, dear. Betsy has been thinking for a long time. She's had those long periods to think mm. things over. She's worked out enough that... She's going to have to make her own way financially. I mean, that's that's difficult. From daydreaming of, I, I daydream about, oh, look, lovely unicorns and happy, fluffy things. And it's all nice. And not, how am I going to forge my family signature so I can make it big? Perhaps you should have, Nick. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps you should have. Perhaps that's where it all went wrong. <laughs> so. Age 13. Yeah. She walks into a bank in Ontario. She opens a checking account, presenting a note 
from a distant English uncle that detailed the large inheritance that is coming her way. Ooh, lucky her. Yeah. So call this a promissory note. Yeah. Other type. Need, need a bank account to put it in. The clerk believes her. Hmm. Goes okay, good. There's a there's a hefty inheritance, and this looks pretty damn professional. This 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 note. This looks serious. It's yeah. not the scrawls of a child. Issues her checks to spend. She says thank you very much. Goes on her merry way and goes a spending. A spending she goes. Soon it became clear there was no inheritance. Mm. There was no inheritance. Betsy had forged the note. Maybe the bank clerk. Now, given her age and her it's relative impressive at thirteen inexperience, but still has managed to convince someone. Good for her. The bank manager is probably going coming up to that clerk going, why are you giving checking accounts to 13-year-olds and why is a nine-year-old running the bank vault? What's wrong with you? Betsy has managed to convince this person with her skills as a forger. Now, when she is caught, she is just given a warning. She's 13. She's a girl. Mm. I mean, it's a bit embarrassing to admit wow, that quite. she's conned someone. And people go, she's she's a bit simple. She's a bit special. She's far, far from it, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient narrative. Yeah. Like, oh, she's foxed us all. You know what? Slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. Mm. Oh, she does it again. She does it again. Reports of what she does in her teenage years vary wildly because not everything is provable. There's lots of rumor. But she is going off thinking, great, got away with that. She is forging promissory notes from all manner of people. It's alleged that she gets a $250 promissory note in the 1860s from a farmer she was arrested and then just let off and go, oh, okay, you were chancing your arm. Oh, my God. She's caught trying to use a stolen pocket watch to obtain cash. She's not trying to sell stuff immediately. She's mm. going, I need this as a loan. She's smart enough to work out. Well, she's clever. There needs to be a trail, mm. not just immediately, I'm going to be caught with stolen goods. Daddy helps her out on that occasion with the watch. She dodges arrests right, left, and center. But every time that she is arrested, they kind of go, well, she's a kid and she's a girl. Oh, okay fine this is just giving her more and more confidence it's said from a young age and through the rest of her life she is clearly a convincing actress and very charming coming from a childhood where she barely said anything to anyone she is now apparently a master of manipulation she said little when she was a child and now she's using her words very carefully Mm. and very selectively her aim was to lure people in to give her what she wanted and then really have no regard for them whatsoever she's clever Mm. her biggest con in Canada what would later become a trademark of hers and she would employ later in her life and then she would embellish and build on she tried to pass herself off as a wealthy heiress okay Probably in her later teens now. So she can dress herself up, look the glamorous part. At one point, she claims to have been part of the Cunard shipping family. Yeah. She saved up to buy very expensive letterheads, so really expensive Mm. stationery, so she could forge notes on them. Well, Cunard, they will not have any old... To old tats no. papers they're going to have something fancy so she's smart enough yeah. to know this and then that's that's clever thinking yeah she's not writing down going hello i'm from Nikita. yeah it's not on the back of a serviette or anything is it she's no. writing this stuff it's on and she realizes yeah. that she can use the name of these people to convince people to part with a loan a small loan that yeah. she will pay back several fold oh, those, those those names have they have impact oh yes She writes up fake notes from a fake attorney detailing how she was about to come into an inheritance of $15,000. She would use this letter to obtain money or promissory notes again from banks and businesses saying, I have an inheritance, I need a small loan, but I will pay you Mm. double, triple over it. And this may sound like, oh, of course, all con artists will go, I'll pay you double, I'll pay you double, mate. These are the banks, in the case, setting the interest rate because she hands it over and can flutter her eyelashes we can only assume and we can also pretty strongly assume the banks are going oh okay but we'll need an interest rate that will result in you giving us like 50 60 percent probably also thinking they're fooling this stupid young woman Mm. who's coming in stupid rich little girl yeah stupid rich little girl she's signing these things giving them yeah stupid interest rates and what have you they're the one who have pulled the trick here absolutely um, on on her they're only too happy to do this it's not to discredit her skills as a negotiator because she plays this con she hands over these notes goes without saying this is a day there's no credit checks no one is calling anyone no one is double checking they see a fancy letterhead and go my god this woman has money you've got a good name you play the part you've got the paperwork Mm. what else what else do you need she would then call into shops 
pick up a very expensive item, like high, high value mm. furniture, artwork. She's not going for like $500, $1,000. She's going for $10,000 yeah. items. Very expensive furniture because then they're going to believe her. She's serious. She pays for it by check. She writes the amount more than it's worth and says, I will take this. I'll take that over there. I'm going to write it actually for more. Can you give me some cash back? Can you loan me the cash on yeah. top of this check when you cash it? you'll be in the money, you know. So they're, oh, absolutely, absolutely, madam, absolutely. Absolutely, Miss Cunard, yeah. The businesses would simply give her the cash difference. And she, again, uses this line about that she is an heiress. She's mm. coming into inheritance. If they were at all unsure, she would simply hand over her calling card. <laughs> a, call, a calling card? <laughs> which read, Miss Bingley, heiress to $15,000. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, that, no, 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 no. That's stupid. Yes. That's stupid. Yes. No. And people went for it. Oh, I mean, oh, come on. Right now, it seems stupid. That, that, I was I was with her until this point. I think you go, girl. You crack on. You, you have a grand old time. Oh, you think it's but, foolish. But I think that's desperately stupid. It works. <sighs> people hand over the cash. Now, maybe this is, okay, this is early in her yeah. career. So maybe it's this touch of naivety to go, I'm an heiress to $15,000. Yeah, I, th- I think you want to be more subtle than that. <laughs> she, she probably learns as she goes. Yeah. So maybe handing over those cards going, I have money. Mm. Mm. I'm Cordelius Van Bingbooms. I, <laughs> I have no, no money no and money some strychnine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she would walk away with thousands, oh, thousands wow. of dollars in different instances. Like This is built over time. This yeah. is not in like the space of a week. She builds her time up. Now, the scheme does falter in 1879. When she's passing forged notes, she ends up being arrested and standing trial. But again, young woman and seemingly not all there. Uh-huh. The defense gives this as a reason. Like, she's she's not all there. You yeah. need to let her off. And she plays up to this in court. The judge is saying to the jury... You need to dismiss Go this easy. case. She's, Go easy. She is yeah. clearly not of sound mind. The jury take two hours going, she seemed pretty fine when she walked in. <laughs> but in the end, she's let off, yeah. walks away free. La, 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 la. <laughs> but now it is time for her, she feels, to leave Canada. It sounds wise. Yeah, yeah. she's been caught. Okay, people are getting yeah. wise. So she goes over to the USA. Some say the family ship her off and go, look, go and live with your sister, Alice. Go and live with Alice in Cleveland. Okay. Alice just got married. You can move in with her. She's like, fine, absolutely. Wastes no time when arriving, remortgaging the house, using the furniture as collateral okay. for, for a loan. Many, many, many loans. Mm. No scruples whatsoever. Running up bills on her brother-in-law's name, going, oh, it's fine. He's going to pay for it. He's going to pay for it. They thought she had a nice factory job. Every day they left the flat going, <laughs> bye-bye. Oh, off to work I go. She's going, right, turn right back round. Okay, creditors, come in and size up this credenza. Um, brother-in-law's not so happy. He kicks her out. Yeah, unsurprisingly. And she's like, okay, fine. <laughs> His furniture has been sold 20 times over now. Yes. She's like, I will make my own way. She ends up renting in a basement apartment in Cleveland for herself using money that she's got a loan obtained against the furniture in her sister's nice, house. Nice, Sets up her little apartment and shop and styles herself as a clairvoyant. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. That's a leap. Now, a con artist, it's a natural it's, it's, leap. It's not that much of a leap really, is it? So yeah, good for her. <laughs> she calls herself Madame Lydia Devere. 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 That sounds pretty really fancy. Lydia of the Glass. Very fancy. An accomplished spiritualist. Of course she is. She puts herself out there from Europe. Of course of she's course. from Europe. She opens the shop using this ill-gotten money and she begins wielding her con on people looking for spiritual guidance. Yeah. A master manipulator. Of course she's going to take a few coin from people coming in. Gotcha. Now one writer who covered her story extensively speculates that Betsy used this time to hone her craft to learn suggestion learn persuasion when dealing with people but also rubbing shoulders with the rest of the sort of criminal underworld Mm. you'd be kind of hanging out with people maybe she made connections whatever it is she she uses this time to hone her craft then in 1882 she meets dr wallace springsteen 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 a doctor not particularly affluent but but good enough and he falls for her he falls for her um 
some people say that she's a great beauty. Others say that she's a pale, plain girl. But it is her hypnotic eyes. Mm. Her eyes and her alluring voice that can reduce <laughs> a man to rubble. Okay. She and the good doctor get married in 1883. How lovely. Huzzah. Lovely. Things are looking up. This small affair is reported in the local paper. Of course, you know, there's a wedding. Lovely. Little picture mm. of the two of them. That's really good because a few <laughs> days later, there's a knock on the door and Dr. Springsteen opens it to find a queue of people outside going, she owes us money. <laughs> oh, dear. We've just seen her picture in the paper and hello, debts, 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 debts. <laughs> Lydia, Betsy, whoever the name she's re- mm. using at the moment, she has got a lot of debts amassing. Her sister Alice turns up as well. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Going, I wonder where the fuck you went. Where's my furniture? <laughs> where are my spoons? <laughs> Um, apparently Lydia actually signed over her wedding dress, ring, everything she owned and everything the doctor kind of owned as collateral to a money lender hours before the wedding. Oh. Mm. So the doctor is standing there confronted with his new wife's past, forced to pay off a bunch of debts out of obligation in some cases mm. and the goodness of his heart. But then 12 days into the marriage kicks her out. I'm not surprised. Mm. Yeah, not surprised. This is not what I signed no, on for, lady. Yeah. So she's like, fine, I'm okay, I'm okay. Betsy, Lydia, she carries on her scheming ways over a few years now, scam after scam. She's rumoured to have married several times. The actual reports of her marriage are a little bit hazy. Yeah. Every time she cons simple men out of their goods is what the story goes. She travels to Pennsylvania. She launched a scam where she said she was the niece of General Sherman. Was she indeed? And she'd been suffering terribly from an illness. Oh, God. <laughs> Must help her. Must help her. Needed a small advance to, to help her with her medical bills alone. She would never take charity. And these people absolutely lent her the money and mm. she gave them the address. Absolutely. Just just, just write to me here. I will repay you. And when they wrote and went, hello. Can I have my money? Can I have my money? They received a letter back. Oh, she did. Yeah. She died. But here is a beautiful tribute that has been written about her, shared <laughs> with all of the media and the great and the good of the world. Yeah. General Sherman himself read it and I'm wept. I'm sure they were delighted to receive that. Yes, that she wrote. Yeah. That may be a bit of folklore, but I love it. <laughs> also restyled herself. Uh, she loved uh, Lydia Deville, mm. but she became uh, Maria Rosa. Rosa, 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 another clairvoyant across Ohio. She would uh, entertain particularly attractive males okay. who would come for their fortune telling, mm, yeah. usher them in. And it was said she threw special parties for them sure uh, for a did. donation, of course. But the most attractive men would come <laughs> and she would entertain them in mm. a way. It is said uh, she did have a son during this time yeah. uh, with a businessman named Hoover. The boy was sent to her parents to be raised. Yeah. He comes back in and out, according to some reports in the stories. He does not figure in the story. I imagine he just gets in the way. I'm very sorry, son, but you're not going to feature in the story. I don't have time for you. As she didn't. Well, apparently not. Now, this sort of life does catch up with you again and again. You'd think that she would be being arrested right, left and centre. She doesn't really. But Betsy, Lydia, Maria, whatever her name is, (laughs) she had married a man named Joseph Lamb. And she had asked him, he was a good businessman in the area. And she had used her old scheme. Here are some promissory notes. Here are some loan checks. Can you go and cash these for me? You have good standing at the bank. Please go and cash these. Of course, of course, of course. Obtained more than $40,000 for her. Wow. Yeah. But in a roundabout way, the banks sort of realize what's happened when he cashes these and go, wait a minute, these promissory notes are not what we thought they were. Mm. It ends up with her being arrested. And she's sentenced to nine and a half years in prison. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. In the stick pen. From her cell, Betsy wrote letter after letter to the parole board protesting that she was a changed woman. She deserves a second chance. Please, please hear my case. I will be a model citizen. Begs for an early release and she got it. Three and a half years later, the state governor at the time who signed her release form, William McKinley. Oh. The future president. (laughs) Fancy. Yes. Okay, she's out of jail. The president himself. The president himself. (laughs) He was a governor at the time. He's released. What drives Betsy? We may speculate at this stage. Money. I'm going for money. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. The the love of the con, I think. Mm. 
But she doesn't settle down. She doesn't stop. No. She returns to Cleveland. She's using about four different aliases at this time. But she now includes the name Cassie. Oh, okay. That most people know her by. This is apparently true. She would go to the post office and kept getting mail and letters for all her different aliases. And the post office said, you need to pick a name, bitch. <laughs> you can't keep collecting yeah. name, all this post. And at the time, you're like, well, we'll prove that I'm not this person because there's no deed polls or anything like that. And it's just like, well, I've decided this is my name. Like, okay, well, look, it's just a bit weird. But you can't be this name and that name and that name and that name as well. Pick one. Pick one. So at the time, she settles on Cassie Hoover. Okay. So the chap she had a child with, Cassie Hoover. Okay, that's a new name. Happy with that. Now, when she is released from jail, she sets up a house. Some people say it's several houses. She sets up a nice line in boarding houses. Mm-hmm. She's coming out of jail. She's got a business on the go. Yeah, absolutely. What a smart woman. And these are houses that people can come and go. They can have their fortunes told. They can have their clothes pressed. They can have a bed for the night. They can have their genitals rubbed down. It's <laughs> it's fine. It's a nice, normal it boarding house. delightful. Slash brothel. Slash brothel. You go, girl. You crack on, dear. Now, it seems she may have gotten into these businesses with partners i can't imagine she was doing the rubbing down she uh, she, i'm sure she employed many people well maybe no it was more that the properties were probably owned by other associates of hers and she was brought in to help them tick over to work over she was never going to be anyone's servant no indeed there's nothing that's said to be this very untoward about these houses they are just what they are but her luck turns her luck turns because basically she meets her next husband a man named leroy chadwick Okay. Yeah. Leroy Chadwick, a wealthy, wealthy doctor. He is elite. Recently widowed. Oh, handy. He happens upon the boarding house. Happens upon it. Happens upon it. Just by chance one evening. Now, the story goes, he arrives. Noticing him, she does not play the madame role. She plays the wide-eyed, kindly widow role Mm, who is there working. Like looking after this boarding house and is flirting with him and being mm. very kind and genteel. And he challenges her, not directly, not in a nasty way, but says, okay, well, you're a respectable woman. What are you doing Why in are you here? this house? <laughs> and she says, what? That this house, in so many words, that is of ill repute. <laughs> and Cassie faints. <laughs> Oh, I, I had no idea. Not a clue. Faints dead away. I had no idea. <laughs> this is a place of ill repute. Oh my goodness me! I have only just helped people in here to this boarding house. Good sir, please, please help me out of this house. Oh my goodness, my reputation shall never survive this slander. They end up getting married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So within not, a couple of hours, I would imagine. <laughs> so he was there for a reason. Yeah. But was taken enough with her. This is a man I cannot understate. He is part of the elite. Yeah. He lives on Millionaire's Row. He's a fancy chap. So he's gone to this place. He's met this woman there who is claiming to know nothing about it, mm. if the legends are to be believed. He's going to marry her. Yeah. How much sway and persuasion. She's good must she have yeah she's good that he is going to bring her into his house at that time he lives on euclid avenue which is known as i said as millionaire's row this is where a rockefeller lives yeah this is where a u.s senator lives lincoln's private secretary lived well his former private secretary don't know what he was doing at the theater that day writing everything down but this is a fancy street place yeah cassie is now there as cassie chadwick she is going to be mixing with this man whose families are aristocrats. Meh. She has made it. God, yeah. If that was her goal. Why wouldn't it be? Well, <laughs> she's with the elite. Does yeah. she want to be the highest member of society or is it just the money? Well, she's probably got a fair bit of that as well. Oh, she does. Yeah. Oh, she does, my friend. Now, the friends around her, the people who live on Millionaire's Row, are obviously a little bit curious about yeah. where did the hell did she come from and why is she now married to you? There is another rumour that she helped him with his rheumatism and massaged it away. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That'll do the trick. But she's so delighted being part of this world. She is keen to impress, keen to flex. Okay. Using her husband's wealth and her own ill-gotten gains, she redecorates his house. Bright colours, new art, incredibly over-the-top pieces, which include... 
sculptures from the Far East. Fancy. Custom clothing and hats from New York. Quite right. Furniture from Europe. As one should. Ikea. Eight trays of diamonds and pearls. Nice. Worth $98,000, including one rope of pearls reportedly worth $40,000. Wow. A perpetual motion clock encased in glass. Okay. In this house, they obey the laws of thermodynamics. (laughs) (laughs) A clock that can't possibly exist. (laughs) A $9,000 gold pipe organ. (laughs) I mean, the... (laughs) That's 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 the gift for someone who's really got everything, isn't it? <laughs> so. I mean, mm. some yeah. people call it a pipe organ. Some people just call it organ. That is still gold. <laughs> yeah, either way, it's that's grand. It's gonna sound terrible. And also, a musical chair that played a tune when you sat on it. <laughs> that's just annoying. What do you think the tune was that was played? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> No idea. Maybe green sleeves. Green sleeves. Or um, smack that, get on the floor, smack that, give it some more. (laughs) Yes, very possibly. It could be a selection of Metallica hits. You don't know. It's ahead of its time. She also bought eight pianos to just give to people. (laughs) Okay. I brought a piano. I hope you don't mind. Yes. I've come for tea. Oh, good. Have a piano. Most people just bring flowers. <laughs> I'm not sure of the etiquette. Mm. It's only a baby grand. If it was an upright, you had to shove that through the door. Yeah, absolutely. You... Take it away with you. <laughs> make, make, make sure you take it. People didn't value her place in society, yeah. even though she was trying to wield her way in. There was all sorts of gossip and rumour. But did Cassie really care? Did Cassie, Betsy, whoever she was, really care about being a social butterfly? Oh, God, you got a load of cash. You've got a $9,000 gold pipe organ. Yeah. You've got trays of diamonds and pearls. You just have a bloody good time. She has everything, doesn't yeah. she? It's not enough. Oh, yeah, it never is. Because then comes her finest hour. Mm. Cassie Chadwick is going to con Andrew Carnegie. Oh. The richest man in America. Yeah. And I think it's time for a drink. <laughs> Excellent. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dirk. Andrew Carnegie. Yes. Do you know of him? I know I know the name, yes, Carnegie Hall, all those sorts of things. Was he in oil? No, he was no, steel. Steel. 
So oil was Rockefeller. Rockefeller was because there's all those all those names and they like, yeah steel and oil and railroads and things and it's <laughs> loose track of who was doing what. So you've got the the two richest men in America mm. at that time and contest maybe of all time you've got Carnegie and you've got Rockefeller. Yeah. So he's steel steel industrialist. I'm not going to go into the whole nah. history of him, but at this time around 1902 in 1901 actually it was that he'd sold Carnegie Steel Company to J P Morgan another another, another great big, name big old name yeah for the modern equivalent of nine billion dollars yeah that'll do it that's quite a lot of money many 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 millions yeah. making him the richest man in America at that time yeah. he is ahead of J D Rockefeller yeah J D Rockefeller who has lots of money and they're basically going oh yo oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. but yes the time of the Carnegies the Rockefellers the Gilded Age yeah Nick. the Vanderbilts and all those sorts of folk yes what do the Vanderbilts do I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think they Were may. They railroads? I think they may have been railroads. They yeah. were railroads. <laughs> Rail- railroads. Every time I hear Vanderbilt, I just think belts. Belts, yes, they just made belts. B- based on built, which isn't even spelt right. <laughs> Andrew Carnegie, he is alive and well. He mm. has done well in his life. Oh yes, many, many, many billions, which will be printed about in the press. In 1902, Cassie Chadwick, as she was then known, took a train to New York. She went to stay in the Holland House Hotel, very opulent, opulent hotel. It had a $350,000 wine cellar. Wow. At the time. That's three bottles. It was a shit wine cellar. <laughs> they just expensive. stood there going, huh? Huh? <laughs> she knew a man named James Dillon was staying there. Now, Dillon was a lawyer and a friend of her husband's high society. And she bumps into him. <laughs> By accident. Entirely accidental. Yes. Bumps into him. What a coincidence. How lovely to see you. I'm in town on business. She explains. In fact, would you mind escorting me? Because I I actually have to go and pay a visit to my father's home. And I would appreciate a friendly face with me. He agrees. Of course, of course. They get a handsome cab. They're chatting away. They're talking away. And she's given the address to the driver. And he starts to sort of do a double take when they pull up. And he realises... That they're outside the enormous mansion that belongs to Andrew Carnegie. Mm. She gets out. I won't be a moment. What the fuck is she doing? What? <laughs> she gets out. She goes up and knocks on the door. And from his perspective, he sees her knock on the door, talk to the butler and be invited in. Mm. What she's done, she's gone up to the butler and says, I need to speak to the housekeeper. Invited in, speaks yep. to the housekeeper. And she says, I am about to hire a maid who I believe has worked for you in the past. Could you give me a reference? Mm. And there's this long, drawn-out conversation with the housekeeper going, I don't know this maid. I don't know of the name. And she's, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? I'm absolutely certain she she worked here and I'm a woman of good standing. Oh, there's no question, madam. Oh, I'm so terribly sorry. Have I troubled you? Could you double-check with some of the other servants? She's definitely not been here. Mm. And this is drawn out and drawn out. I'm so sorry to have taken up your time at a beautiful home. It's so lovely to have met you. Please, please, please. I'll, you know, yeah. please let me out and then... Butler waves her out all good smiles and good humour. Drag this out to up to about 30 minutes. Yeah. So a good meeting time. Comes out from under her coat around her dress. She has a brown envelope and she gets back into the carriage. Joseph Dillon is like jaw on the floor like, what? (laughs) She gets into the carriage and a page out of this brown envelope scutters to the floor Mm. in front of Jake. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And he picks it up and he looks at it and he sees that it is a promissory note for $2 million signed by Andrew Carnegie. Yeah. And he goes, why <laughs> do you have this? And why are we here? And tell me everything. <laughs> tell me all your secrets. And she goes, no, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly. Okay. <laughs> she explains that she is Andrew Carnegie's illegitimate daughter. Oh, scandal. And daddy knows this is a scandal and it cannot be spoken of it cannot be spoken of it is a secret that must be kept but he is going to take care of her and she has this envelope Mm. and she shows him that is full of promissory notes from anywhere between a quarter of a million to five million dollars and she also says she has a trust fund of reports differ between seven million and ten million dollars from carnegie himself Mm. some in steel bonds some in cash but she begs him, do not tell anyone, do not tell anyone. I just needed an escort here. And he goes, absolutely not. She clearly knows that Dylan is the biggest gossip he's of all the world. He's going to everyone he's ever met, yeah. He's shouting it out of the carriage door. Well, murmuring it along in the right circles. That is the thing. She has developed this con that she is the illegitimate daughter of the richest man in America. It's possible. So clever. Who's going to ask him? Yeah, exactly. Who's going who's gonna to... 
Yeah, go against that. Who's going to check? Mm. If she walks in with official looking documentation with her charm and her yeah. wit and her knowledge of how to mess around banks, she's going to have sure. a very good con in her hand. She's a smart one. And this lasts eight years. <laughs> oh, good for her. The rumors <laughs> spread all manner of banks are only too happy to lend her money. So this is, I'm doing a very compressed version of the ins and outs of how she manages to do it. But she uses these promissory note she doesn't go into the bank and goes daddy said i could have yeah. uh 250 grand she doesn't do that she doesn't use his name because of course he'd be contacted then he'll be checked they'll be checked absolutely. she just says i need a loan in this name or in this mm. business i need to do a borrow but i'm good for it yeah it's andrew Carnegie, and everyone's gonna look at it and go fuck yes absolutely if there are any doubt she also says but if you're worried i will give you over the odds of interest yeah again bats the eyelashes or whether she disagrees to or just seems stupidly rich they're all agreeing like oh my god yes absolutely but she plays the banks off each other for so long borrowing loans from one bank paying off another bank with the loan doing the same thing the cycle the cycle the cycle and in days before any any kind of hint of technology there's no way for them to check it up she's oh she's a she's a clever one she's very (laughs) very very smart woman Uh, impossible to do now yeah impossible to do now but variants of it have been attempted (laughs) so yes she would take out multiple loans from different banks paying one debt off with the other she has the president of one bank loan her two hundred and forty thousand (laughs) dollars including money from his own personal account (laughs) Either because she's just so charming yeah. or also, is Andrew Carnegie? Yeah. We can loan whatever he wants because when he's died, he's old-ish now. He goes, oh, we're going to get everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. A steel mogul acquaintance of her husband loans her $800,000. People give her personal checks, loans because she always signed her promissory notes way above what they yeah. were. Nobody checked or contacted Carnegie. And this is a point while, while you don't have text messages or mobile phones, he would later say, any bloody one of you could have spoken to me. Yeah. Any bloody one of you. You know, you know where I lived. You, you, we all knew. We all knew. You all knew where I lived. No one contacted him because yeah. who's going to ask him, did you have an illegitimate have daughter, an daughter, sir? Daughter. And have you got a little bit of a sly business going yeah. on? And also, we've given massive, massive interest agreements on this, which you probably should have done. Yeah. And we don't really want to be pulled up on this. And also, oh my God. So no one asked him. No one asked him because they just believed in this lovely power woman. power of a name. She had a great time. She lived well. She was also noted to donate money to many charities, yeah. to very good causes, to suffrage, the suffrage movement at the time, uh, to colleges. She lived very well herself, but she did donate and yeah. was benevolent. But also her antics would result in a lot of people losing their life savings. <laughs> that's, le- that's less good. But that's the thing is that she wasn't just doing it just for the greed and just how much more money can I use on my lifestyle. It just seemed to be the con. That was attracting her. Yeah, yeah it all, was the thrill of getting away with it. It all comes to an end in 1904. So it's a complex end to the story, as much as I can, because we could spend hours on the mass <laughs> of it. Citizens National Bank in Ohio loaned her hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they were starting to get a bit antsy after a year. And it was only after a year that she revealed this ace card that actually I'm Andrew Carnegie is a little bit illegitimate daughter beforehand she'd just been using loans gotten from another bank saying there's credit in this bank you can get this one there's credit in that one they start to ask questions of her and at the same time a banker named Newton that she'd borrowed from decides to call in her debt she can't pay he sues Mm. And as soon as this legal action starts, it creates a snowball effect. The banks sue her for unpaid debts. They realize there's a massive chain of loans and notes and securities that don't exist. The Citizens Bank is absolutely screwed and the people behind it, the presidents and the senior people have loaned her money Mm. and they are in a very bad position having gambled a lot of the the actual assets of the Mm. bank that other people own in her favor. Eventually, Cassie is tracked down in New York and arrested for fraud and she was wearing a money belt at the time, apparently containing (laughs) $100,000. Wow. So she's tracked down. Andrew Carnegie eventually is asked about his secret daughter and his response is something along the lines of, the fuck? (laughs) 
no, I don't have an illegit. I am the straightest laced of all of the billionaires. I no, no, you could have just sent a letter at any time in the last eight years. Cassie is taken to trial in 1905 and she strongly denies any wrongdoing, saying Mm. she never mentioned a word about being Carnegie's daughter, but it's no good. She's eventually found guilty of conspiracy to defraud a national bank, sentenced to 14 years in prison. And it's fine, $70,000. Oh, where will she find the money? <laughs> Andrew Carnegie and lots of the elite from Millionaire's Road turned up at the trial. I'm sure they did, yeah. He I'm wanted so, to see her. Wanted to see this woman who's done all this. Who has committed the greatest con yeah. in American history at the time. Absolutely. He would later say of the notes that she forged, if anybody had seen this paper and then really believed that I had drawn it up and signed it, I could hardly have been flattered. <laughs> Why, I have not signed a note in the last 30 years. (laughs) Like, dudes, seriously. Cassie Chadwick, nay, Betsy Bingley, was sent to Ohio State Penn. And she took a big trunk load of goods with her (laughs) to pad out herself. Make it comfy. She did. And she was allowed to. But her time in jail was short-lived. And her experience was not good. She would end up in Columbus State Penitentiary. But she fell very ill very quickly. Mm. The conviction broke her, apparently. She was said to have suffered a nervous breakdown, a stomach and respiratory pains. A little over a year later, she died, aged 50, from heart and stomach problems. The actual cause Mm. of death, not known. But went down in legend. Yeah, absolutely. As one of the greatest con artists of all American history. Me not. It's, it's difficult not to feel some sort of respect and <laughs> ad- admiration. Yeah, I'm sure she ruined many, many lives along the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is always the bad side of... of well, the banks of, probably of, did that of, too. Of, of those things. But, um, I mean, oh, good for her though. Yeah. She, I mean, that, that's impressive. That's impressive. She just knew what to do. Yeah. The, the oh, level she was of, a smart one. The level of complexity of her con you know she benefited from being in a time where again you can't do the checks you can't do credit checks you can't have any sort of history Mm. been sent down the line months later really but she was smart enough to know what to play off each other she worked all of this out yeah and it's not it's not just taking money for the sake of it it was taking money for them to pay off other debts and things and Mm. it's yeah it was a whole well i mean keep just even keeping track of which which are the loans that are next due to make sure she's got enough money to pay those ones and I mean it's brilliant it shows shows the level of intelligence there incredibly clever yeah because not going for as most of our other criminals have done whatever I can get to spend on booze and drugs and good times or whatever or just to fund my lifestyle she knew to play the odds yeah so if I take this debt here, I'm going to have to pay some of that back, but I skim off the top. I skim off the top here. I do this loan. I just but she also had, sort of and like, it was the big stuff yeah. because no one questions it. Yeah, and also donating to charities and all that sort of because yeah. that's what a woman in her position would be expected to do. Absolutely. So it's maintaining that lifestyle, and then everyone else is going to go right. Okay, well mm. she's entirely legitimate mm. because she's doing all these things. So and it is the question of what motivated her. Mm. What was it? That isn't as cut and dried as... Well, it's not just the money, because she could have done a couple and lived happily ever after. Yeah. But obviously, it was the thrill of getting away with it, and... It yeah. wasn't being rich, because she was rich. Yeah. She could have had everything on but a platter. It was the, yeah, it's the, yeah, can, can I do this and can I do that? And mm. coming up with new schemes and... I mean, is it is it a, a question about if you're in the web or you're in the net or whatever you want to call it, if you are in the, you know, you're in the cycle of the amount of debt that she amassed. I suppose you can't stop really, can you? You can't you, get away you, from yeah, it. Yeah, at some point you, you've got to pay those debts back. Yeah. So if it takes a new con to get to settle those debts, yeah. once you've started, you can't stop really, I suppose. But then it turns into a living, doesn't it? It's yeah. like the whole kind of <laughs> the is, great money trick, isn't you, it? What do, you, what do you do for the rest of your life? So I think yeah. you've got to keep those cons going. Um, but just, she fooled eight everyone. years, I mean... <laughs> Oh, I mean, respect to her. She... Allegedly eight years yeah. over that sort of time, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and there's there's a few people who've speculated that the reports on her life, yes, there's embellishment. There's embellishment, there always is. People not wanting to report on her as much because she's a woman. 
She's a woman. <laughs> How could a woman fool all of us yeah, big, well, banky men? Yeah. People not wanting to give details of her life. The banks did not no. want to give a lot of detail because it was like she got us. Yeah. It's embarrassing for them, absolutely. And they, and they probably couldn't have revealed it as in like this is this is how you do it. <laughs> no. Now we could say, no, no, tell us, god damn it. Like we've got much better technology <laughs> now. But there we go. Oh, good story. Like Yay. that. <laughs> and also, like that. there was some opulence in there <laughs> with the musical chair. Musical chair. And the giant gold organ. <laughs> Who doesn't love a giant gold organ? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think, people? What do you think of the story of Cassie Chadwick, Betsy Bingley, her various pseudonyms, Lydia Dever. <laughs> Lydia Dever. We're calling it Lydia Dever. A con artist who managed to fool everyone and, and did use the richest <laughs> man in America's name to get what she wanted. What are the little legends and stories associated with this case do you know of? Tell us what you think. Jump on the comments of this episode wherever you're listening to your podcast or on social media to share your thoughts, your feelings and your musings and your other schemes. What mm. would you have done in that era? Yes. But most importantly, you simply must mix up the butler's tipple. Oh, it's a good one. It was very good. It's gone down very well, that one. Yay. Absolutely. So, yeah, the rest we will be out this evening. It's got a few weird bits in. It's got stuff that not everyone's going to have in. So, if you haven't, mix up something else. <laughs> Let us know what you're drinking. Yeah. I'm always intrigued to see what people are, what cocktails people are coming up with. But if you can, butler's tipple. Good. Get it where you can. Yeah. Go to your local cocktail bar. If they've got Susan, get them to mix it. Yeah. This. Give them the recipe. But mix up a cocktail wherever you are and send us your calling cards. What messages do you have? Do you want to leave with the butler? Please <laughs> leave us a review on Apple iTunes if you haven't already. Come and find us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. If you want to engage with us, we would love to see you there. And remember to keep sending us more suggestions of stories we can cover into season four. It doesn't have to be murder based but good crimes we want to hear oh, about yes. them thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.